I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 113. Today's thought from above is this. You have a soul and it is very needy. This is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. And that's where the name of the podcast comes from. Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. My mentor, Dallas Willard, said, Our lives run on ideas. In each episode, I try to share an idea, a truth, a thought from above that will strengthen and encourage you and set you free on your journey of faith. Well, we are back. The Things About Podcast Season 4 begins now. So here's some good news, y'all. I finished a book. Now, the book is titled The Good and Beautiful You, and it will be the fourth book in the Good and Beautiful or Apprentice series. The bad news is that it won't be available until spring of 2022. But the other good news is that I really love this book. I love its message, which essentially is this. Someone said to me the other day, what's your book about, Jim? And I said, here's what I said. You are a divinely designed, sacred, priceless, precious, and seemingly limitless being who is precious to God and loved by the Trinity beyond your imagination. Another person said, what do you hope for this book? And here's what I said. My hope for this book is that it will awaken the reader to the wonder of who they are and how each dimension of who they are, mind, will, body, etc., has been designed by God and is designed to be turned toward God. And in so doing, we discover the amazing life, the divine destiny for which we have been created before the foundation of the world. Kind of a lofty hope. So, as I said, the book isn't coming out for a while, but I thought I would give you a little preview in this opening episode of Season 4 and an overview of what the book is going to be about, not only in this podcast, but in future podcasts to come. I want to share with you some of the amazing insights that I learned over the course of the last two years that I've been writing this book. And yes, it did take that long. Well, the idea for this book came about six years ago when a friend named Joe Davis, who's a pastor in England, said to me, Jim, you're missing one book from the Good and Beautiful series. Now, first, let me say that it's a bold thing to tell an author that his series is missing a book. But Joe's a friend, and I didn't take offense. I just said, so, okay, well, right, what's missing? And he said, the Good and Beautiful God did an amazing job helping people with their false and toxic God narratives and helped them replace them with the narratives of Jesus. But I have found, Joe went on to say, that many people still have pretty toxic self-narratives. I think the book you're missing is a book about the good and beautiful you. I knew on the spot that Joe was right. But I was not ready to write another book for the series. And in truth, I myself was not in the right place personally to write this book. But God took me on an amazing journey in the past several years some of which I've talked about on this podcast, I found myself in a place personally where I had lost my joy. I I let the work of ministry become more important than the care of my own soul, which is really common for people who are in ministry. 
But as a result, my soul atrophied and I lost my spark. Now, I didn't suffer burnout or a moral failure or was I under you know, the power of an addiction or anything, but I got to a place where I just lost sight of my first love, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I was just going through the motions of ministry. For a few years, fortunately not that long, but for a few years, serving God eclipsed loving God. And along the way, some of the stuff that I hadn't really worked through, some unhealed grief and some past issues and false narratives, they kind of took center stage. Fortunately, I reached out to people who care about me, and together we concluded it would be good for me to talk with someone who could help restore my soul. So I went to a place called Restoring the Soul, and I began working with Michael J. Cusick, who has become not just my spiritual director and therapist, but also my soul friend. And through my times with Michael and the follow-up soul care work that I've done on my own, I'm happy to say that the Lord indeed has restored to me the joy of my salvation, and it is indeed well with my soul. In fact, I've never actually felt better or more alive or more excited about life and ministry and life in the kingdom than I have during these last few years. So writing The Good and Beautiful You came at the perfect time. There's an old saying that I think is true. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I think this is true in other ways as well. When we are ready, the right book will appear. Have you ever had that happen? I have many times. If I'd read a certain book earlier in my life, it would not have had the same impact on me. So I think that's really true. And if it's true of a book coming to you when you're ready, I've also come to believe that when you are ready, the book you need to write will appear. And that's what happened to me. I just simply couldn't have written this book at any other time in my life. And so it was through my own season of struggle and so forth. That was painful. But I am so grateful for it because it led me to growth in my own life and I hope helped me to write a book that will be of help to you. But for now, I just want to share some of the key ideas with you, not as I said in just this episode, but over the next several episodes of the Things Above podcast. And the first truth that I want to talk about is, well, I've already said it, you have a soul and it is very needy. And that begs the question, so, well, what is your soul? Well, we use the word soul a lot. We talk about soul music and soul food, and people even want to try to find their soul mate. Sam and Dave even sang that famous song in which they said, I'm a soul man. Several years ago, you may remember, the top-selling books for years were a series of books called Chicken Soup for the Soul. Remember those? But what is your soul? Well, to put it simply, You are a soul. You are an embodied soul or an ensouled body. Your soul is the non-physical dimension of who you are, as it includes your mind and your emotions, your memory and your imagination and your will. Your soul is never separated from your body, that is, until death, but then you get a new resurrection body, as Jesus did. But what your body experiences, your soul experiences, and vice versa. One of the most important breakthrough ideas I discovered while studying for and writing this book is that we must stop talking about the self as the primary understanding of who we are. If you go into a bookstore, you will see a very large section called self-help. And we talk about the self 
a lot. I mean, we talk about the self all of the time. Look out for yourself. There's Self Magazine. But here's the thing. The self is too small of a concept to contain the wonder of who you are. You are far more than a self. More on that later. I'm going to talk more about the self and your soul, but for now I want to talk about how you are called to care for your soul, or more accurately, how you are called to allow God to care for your soul. Because your soul, as I already stated, is very needy. This was another breakthrough idea for me. Let me just name some of the needs of your soul. Your soul wants to see and experience the sacredness of your body. Have you ever had someone say something critical of your body? And Well, who hasn't? And you've noticed that that really causes pain, and that pain is actually felt in our souls because our body is actually sacred. It's divinely designed. Second, your soul wants to be wanted. Have you ever experienced rejection, that pain that we feel when we enter some place and we feel like we're not really wanted? That pain isn't just in your body, it's in your soul. Your soul also wants to be loved without condition. Your soul wants to be forgiven for all that you've done. Your soul wants to be alive and be a part of a great adventure. Your soul just can't endure deadness. Your soul wants to be good and virtuous and holy. In fact, the worst thing you can say about someone is that they're not a good person. That hurts the soul. Your soul wants to be part of a grand story, something bigger than it, something that makes our existence important. Your soul wants to be intimately connected to God. That's a factory-built need that your soul has to connect to God. Nothing else will fill it. Your soul wants to be called to a life of purpose. When we look at the totality of our lives, we want them to matter. We want the things that we've done in this life to be significant. And finally, your soul wants to be glorified and to live forever in paradise with God. It's very hard for us to think about non-existence, whether for ourselves or for those we love who've passed on. So these are just some of the primary longings of our souls. And as I said, in the course of the last two years in writing this book, those just became so clear to me that these are the things that we were designed for. And these longings of your embodied soul, they can't be denied or neglected. In fact, failure to do so will result in frustration and sadness. I've come to believe that the neediness of our souls is actually a very good thing. Just as our bodies long for water when we're thirsty, and it prompts us to go get a drink of water, so our souls long for these things in order to prompt us to pursue them. So when we need to be wanted and forgiven and to be good, those desires of the soul, we have to have them met. But as I said, we cannot provide for these soul needs ourselves. Only God can do that. And God in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, has done it. That's the good news. The good news is that every longing in your soul are things that God not only designed you to need, but has provided for you to have and to experience. And in the coming episodes, I want to explore some of those. But until then, I want to share with you one practice that I've been working on in the last month in order to care for my ensouled body. I have been trying to slow down. In fact, to slow down to God's speed. 
That phrase, slowing down to God's speed, comes from a song, that's the title actually, of a song by my friend Carolyn Ahrens, who, by the way, will be providing music at the upcoming Apprentice Gathering, September 23 through 25, 2021. Please sign up and come to this amazing event, the 10th anniversary. We're so excited. But back to slowing down to God's speed. It's a great little phrase that Carolyn came up with. And I just was drawn to that when I heard her song. I have a tendency to run fast, to multitask, and it leaves my soul in the dust. So I've been trying to slow down to the speed at which my soul can be present and to thrive. I'm working on not taking myself or my work too seriously. I'm working on not adding so much into my calendar, into my schedule, that I have to run at this pace so that I can slow down. And it's a very freeing thing because I realize, dang, the world is not on my shoulders. Amen. I am called to a life of peace, and so are you. And to that end, I've been practicing a spiritual exercise called Holy Leisure. Holy leisure is a great spiritual practice. It's one of the simplest, and yet at the same time, one of the most challenging of all the spiritual formation practices, certainly that I've ever done. Holy leisure is simply this. Do nothing that accomplishes anything. And try to do nothing for 5 or 10 or 30 minutes if you can. Simply be. Don't do. I like to think of it this way. Do nothing for God's sake. Just do nothing for God's sake. It is one of the most powerful spiritual exercises. Dallas Willard talked about this practice a lot. In fact, he felt that it was essential in the Christian life. Try it out and let me know how it goes. I've been working on it. It's been so rewarding and difficult at times to just carve out a period of time to just be to just be present. But boy, when you do, it is so refreshing, so encouraging, so good, actually, for your soul. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I hope you join me next week for episode 114. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast, And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, ApprenticeInstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, Things Above.